Blog Talk Radio. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. You're listening now to the Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Good morning, everybody, from cloudy San Diego. I can't believe I'm saying that, Ahanu. It's been chilly and cloudy here with rain, but we did go for a lovely walk yesterday, and the streets were streaming with water pouring down in the gutters, and it was actually very, very nice to see mud puddles and all sorts of things around San Diego. And Hanu and I sometimes go for an early morning walk up to the Starbucks, and uh, we sit there and we have a coffee and chat about our day and what's going to happen, and it's actually very romantic. And actually, he started even reading to me yesterday at Starbucks. We've started to read the Anastasia books, and so we brought that up to Starbucks and got into those, so... Anyway, it's a lovely cloudy day here, and say hello, Ahanu. Kind of sounds like a contradiction when you go for a walk in the mornings and then drink coffee (laughs) when you get there. But however, it is an absolutely wonderful experience, (laughs) and it does remind me so much of home when you see the rivers of rain flowing down the sidewalks and the streets and listen to the pitter-patter on the leaves outside. It really is a beautiful, refreshing feeling. And as we've often said, too, in the past, you know, some people are suffering extremes of this kind of weather and our hearts go out to them. But certainly we are enjoying it here. It is really, really refreshing and very, very wonderful. So we are so blessed. Now, we have got an absolutely amazing program for you today. We don't have any guests. We purposely didn't because there's something going on that you need to know about. And it follows this week's group Akashic Record meeting that we had here in San Diego, California. And the information that flowed through this week's meeting was nothing short of profound. So we had to dedicate this entire program to it. The material covers pending events in the world, our need to upscale ourselves to the highest standards, and a deep, deep look into what is the highest degree of love for ourselves and for others. We do need to say that what was unusual in this group was that when we opened the record, Source started to give us a message directly, which is highly unusual. Usually um, people begin with their questions and then Source answers us. So this was the first time that Source started to talk to us right away as soon as we opened the records. So Ahanu felt that he wanted to share all this with you today. So I hope you will enjoy it. And um, do we have any other announcements, Ahano? except for we are doing quantum jumping today from 3 to 6 p.m. down at Controversial Bookstore on University Avenue in San Diego. And that quantum jumping is always fun and very, very powerful and simple. But it is the whole process of jumping in through dimensional doorways to meet other selves of you for specific reasons. And this is a process that will cause profound changes 
in your 3D life once you learn to do it. So if you're in the area and you want to have an incredible class, 3 to 6 p.m. today down at Controversial Bookstore, I believe it's $35 for the three hours, and we look forward to seeing you. Yes, do look out for our notification as well about our online group, Akashic Records. We will be setting that up very, very shortly. In fact, we've almost got a date set and and the whole procedure in place for you to register online and so on. But in the meantime, if you want to register your interest, go to angelrose.com forward slash students, I think it is. Yeah. Angel Rose, take care of the spelling of that. As I always say, it's very familiar to me because it's the Irish name for angel, which she is. But it's spelt A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E dot com. That's angelrose dot com forward slash students. It's a little form there. Just register your interest if you if you want to do that uh, group Akashic Records online and um, pop your pop your details in there. Excuse me. Now, another little interesting thing that I want to announce now, but it only just came up this morning, and this is really off the cuff, on the fly, was somebody suggested that I do, along with my spirit art, my visionary artwork, that I incorporate the painting of totem animals into it. So if you have a totem animal and you'd like to have that incorporated into a spirit of love painting, get in touch with me. Go to ahanu.com, A-H-O-N-U, that's my spiritual name, A-H-O-N-U.com, and you then can actually register there to have a spirit of love painting with your own totem animals. Well, I do have to say, Ahanu, that if people don't know their totem animal, they certainly can rely on you to tune in and see their totem animals around them and paint that picture. And I'm going to have you do mine. Mine will be the very first one. Someone wrote this morning and said that she's also very intuitive. She said she saw dolphins swimming around me. And I do love dolphins and and have swam with dolphins and whales in the Caribbean Sea years ago. Okay. White dolphins. Ah, there you go. That doesn't surprise me. And so I know that I think those would be absolutely beautiful images, Hanno, for you to start painting. And you are right. If anybody wants one, they would make great gifts, too, for people to give them their power animal or totem animal to hang on the wall. So what a great idea. That was that came from a client of ours this morning, and we really appreciate that suggestion. Okay. I'm going to go through the transcript of the group Akashic Records session that we did on March 6th in San Diego. And I'm going to be reading this, so it's going to be me speaking for Angel Rose. So it's kind of a first party. When I was saying the opening prayer, the first thing I saw was an interesting shade of purple, and it kind of shifted into a more indigo blue. I feel it has something to do with the state of the world right now. It looks like there's something coming. It looks like it's some sort of an event. It's likely to be tumultuous, but before that, it took the shape of a whirlpool. This color was spinning like a whirlpool at the level of the ceiling. I do feel like it's an earth change of some sort, an earth change event that is coming that will shake people. And let me qualify that, everybody, because I am not somebody who predicts earth changes, as you know. In fact, I make a point to avoid predicting anything like that, even though I have seen them in the records periodically and the things that I have been shown have materialized. But I'm always very cautious 
about predicting anything like that because I don't want us to manifest it. But I just have to say that this felt like a warning from source and not that it was coming from source. It's not coming from source. But it looked like source was trying to say, hey, heads up, everybody, uh, pay attention. I hear Source saying it's because we're still not taking enough responsibility for our consciousness and for change in this world. It's most likely because we've become complacent again. It's because things seem to be peaceful right now. I just need to say this. This doesn't look like it's coming from Source. Source isn't causing this event. It's an indicator that things are still out of balance and people actually thrive on catastrophe and they thrive on putting their energy into expecting something negative to happen. This is still where the consciousness of a lot of people is, as if expecting the other shoe to drop. Now here's the kicker. There's something going on in the Vatican. There seems to be a breakdown of the church system, and they're scurrying about trying to figure out what to do about it. It's an indication of the collapse of other world systems. So there's an internal breakdown going on, which politically affects a lot of other countries and other things that are going on in the world. I'm feeling the energy of this. It's a huge collapse. It's a devastating kind of a collapse precisely because it's going to change our world so much. It's not that change is bad, but it'll be such a drastic change from what has been for many hundreds of years that a lot of people will be pretty disorientated by it. I feel sorrow around it. I don't feel sorrow for the Vatican. I feel a collective sorrow for the people that have believed something for so many years and then they find out that certain things were not true or that what they've been putting their faith into for so long is collapsing. Then it becomes a global identity crisis affecting people all around the world. I'm already feeling the emotions of that change in people. I can feel they're upset. It feels like grief and that's not exactly the right word even though it's more being disheartened or more being so disappointed that all the things that they thought were true are collapsing and then they're not knowing what to believe. Lots and lots of people who are in that category will feel like it affects a lot of things in their world. It affects everything we know, not only religious organizations, but all sorts of things. Source wants us to know the degree of turmoil and change that's going on in the world. We all need to grow to be harmless and to be responsible in our own consciousness with what we are creating. Source is saying that we haven't been responsible for our creations at all. We've been conveniently just passing that on for somebody else to make decisions for us. Source says that every one of us is God incarnate. Every one of us has creative powers and we need to step up and act like it. I just want to interject here too with that previous uh, few paragraphs when I was talking about this devastating effect. It really has to do with the fact that there are so many people um, in the Catholic religion and people who have relied uh, on the Vatican as an establishment and, and as a source of truth, I might add that this is what it's talking about, that if the Vatican were to break down and um, lose its power structure, which I do feel is happening, that many people who've been so faithful for so many years will have a real identity crisis inside themselves. It's also 
being expressed by source that the Vatican is connected to a lot of political systems. So this will cause a breakdown of a lot of things, which actually is a good thing. This change is a good thing because, you know, these power structures have been in place uh, for too long, controlling people and keeping secrets. So this change is not a bad change. It's just that the effect of it on people who have built their identity based on their religion or other things that people have told them were true about God and the universe um, are going to be highly, highly affected by it, especially the older people and the older generations. So this is what was meant by that. I clearly get that we can get ourselves out of this mess. If we really take this on and understand what's being said to us right now, then we can turn a whole bunch of things around just by deciding that it's okay if some of these systems fall down. It's okay because we can create new solutions with our minds and with our consciousness. I hear Source ask, what is your greatest dream? Ask yourself, as if you were a creator. Let's say you were God and you were going to create a world. How would it be? How would it look to you? Because every one of us has the ability to do that. To put those thoughts into the world and actually live in a way that would support our thoughts and behave in a way that would support our thoughts. Instead of continually telling ourselves that there's nothing we can do, that we have no power, that we're in effect of all of these things, instead of pretending that we're nothing, we need to realize just exactly who and what we are. It's good that the corruption is falling down. It's good that it's not as strong as it was before. All of that's good. But the effect of it will be a shock to many people who've been living under the authority system for so long, under the power and control of man-made systems, and under the Vatican power structure for so long. Unfortunately, one of the potentially ill effects of this is that people are going to start to question God. Because religions have spent so much time telling people what God is and what God is about, that as these structures collapse, people will start to question what can they believe about God. Unfortunately, it's also an opportunity for the negative guys to take God out of more things and further alienate us from God's source. It's part of the distortion in the belief system. Now we have source saying that every one of you carry a piece of God inside you. Yes, everyone, which makes you have incredible creative abilities. So it's up to us to uphold a new vision of the world and create it. God created it. So the real question is, if you were going to create a world yourself, if you were the creator and you were going to create a world full of other conscious creators, what would it look like? And how would you behave? And what would you be doing? Just to go back to the indigo light that I was seeing, and when I first looked at it, this purple felt like sorrow to me. Interestingly, it turned to indigo. This is the indigo color that's connected to our third eye. It's connected to our perception, or how able we are to use our inner vision to visualize, to create. Source was feeling sorrow around the fact that we have these incredible faculties of imagination and vision, and that we just sit around and we don't deliberately use them. We are not consciously being creators. As a result, we're watching things fall down around us, and then we act like we are powerless people. Source is saying, stand up and realize that you've got God inside of you. 
That's the highest creative force. I actually hear Source saying that if you understood that, you would know what love is. If you understood the God energy inside you, the God creativity that you have, that creative force that's inside of you, if you really understood it, then you'd start to know what love is. Because love would never accept less. Love would never accept mediocrity. Love would never accept a low quality of living. Love would never accept illness and watch other people die. Love doesn't do that. The creative force of love upholds the highest standards and the highest behaviors and the highest intentions. Our creative abilities can create out of those standards. If only we could stop thinking that we're small and powerless and inept. I hear Source saying, don't you understand your imagination is the key? It's an inner knowing. Imagination is an image maker. And if you understood that you were a creator and that your images have power, if you deliberately imagine consciously, if you deliberately create the highest images in your imagination and you put that out there, then they will actualize. You know that because you're imagining it and you're insisting that it becomes demonstrated that it will actualize in your outer world. It's no accident that power that you have is in the sixth chakra. It's in the higher centers. It's not in the lower centers. It's not in these lower centers, okay? Source is using the measure of a ladder just to make the point that we have it set up that you don't use the lower centers to create. The lower centers are down there and then they gradually come up to the heart and then they go further upwards into the more spiritual gifts. So it's no accident that the imagination occurs in the third eye. It's interesting that it occurs in the third eye because that's where the pituitary gland is. The pituitary gland secretes growth hormone and all of that has to do with creation. This isn't some child's fantasy. This is a responsible, masterful occupation. What is true is that even with ourselves, the more we love ourselves, the more we aspire to higher standards for ourselves. The more love you have for yourself, the better you treat yourself. The more love you embody, the more you realize that you matter. Every choice that you make contributes to the quality of the world. And the more you love yourself, the more you start to really, really understand that. So you can see how not upholding high standards for yourself contributes to not upholding high standards for the world. It's like when you have a child, you know that you want the best for that child. Source says the same thing. Source says, I created life itself and you have that creative potential inside you. In the same way that we want the best for our child, Source just wants that you, as a child of God, to thrive. That is just a natural desire. Source is simply saying that we are masterful creators in that way. So that's what's going on with the world right now. This really is what started the conversation about what was going on with the world. It's happening because we are not stepping up. We're not insisting on higher standards. We're not treating ourselves as if we deserve higher standards. We're all contributing to this mediocrity that's going on. So that's what we're getting. 
And sources basically saying we're getting lazy again because there's been no big calamity recently. There's been no big war to keep us enslaved and to keep us in fear. We're getting comfortable in our consciousness again. And we can't get comfortable because this isn't over. This dark thing in this collapsing is not over. And this is not said to frighten us. It's saying it so that we will realize that we all have to be upholding the highest principles and loving ourselves is really a huge part of that. It's a small little example, but it just makes the point. I remember even in my grandparents' day when they went out, they'd always dress up. They'd put their hats on and the men would put on their ties and suit coats and nice shoes. The women would have their bonnets. They were neat and clean and everything was ironed. In a small way, it's an example. It makes the point that there were standards that they lived by. It's just making a point in terms of when you do start to love yourself more, it's very natural that you'd want to express the highest possible standard that you could at any given time for yourself and for others. That has to do with everything in your life. How you treat others, how you eat, how you dress, how you present yourself, how you think towards others what you're willing to give, all of that. So the more you love yourself, the more you will naturally want to express the highest standard for yourself. It becomes an issue of loving everything. The more you love yourself, the more you love everything, and the more you appreciate everything. It wouldn't matter if it's something alive or something inanimate. The truth is, all of a sudden, When you love yourself more, you start to be aware of the life force energy inside everything. This is true whether it's that picture on the wall or the plant outside your window. You become much more sensitive to the light of it. Everything all of a sudden becomes holy. And you are holy. It becomes more holy to you and your perception. You understand how holy you are. And you understand how holy every part of life is. This includes your body, your mind, your love, your relationships, your money, your car. I mean everything. Everything becomes holy to you because you see the life force energy in everything. Source is talking to us about lifting our standards and realizing what love would do. Love would always, always uphold the highest possible outcome, the highest ability in every person. It would just want to raise everything up to a really high value. And that's what's wrong with the world. We're not upholding ourselves to a high value. And that's why we can be controlled. That's why we we can be told what to do. It's because we don't love ourselves enough to take responsibility for this creative life force that we've been given inside every one of us. When you see people who say that they see apparitions of Mary crying, they see the sorrow in the world. I feel it too. Source isn't saying that it can feel sorrow, but it's expressing sorrow because it knows that we're keeping ourselves enslaved. We are keeping ourselves in an effect of a quality of life that is demeaning to us and we're doing it to ourselves. All it takes is that you begin to use your imagination. You spend some time and you visualize the higher standards for life and for the world and you visualize that. It's an easy exercise. 
Source is saying to close your eyes and imagine that if you could accept that you were totally loved, holy, unconditionally loved, that love is everywhere and everything around you, that love and God only wants the absolute best for you, then ask, what would your life be like? What would you envision for yourself? This is where the responsibility comes in. The higher your standards and the higher your awareness of love, the more you know that it's a responsibility to uphold it for yourself and for others. So you don't get complacent and you don't let yourself fall into mediocrity or any sort of an idea that you are valueless. You just don't go there. This is why there aren't more miracles. It's because we don't do this. Some will do it individually, but we don't do it collectively. If we were to do it collectively, even just a few people together, if we truly believed our value as God sees our value, and if a problem occurred and we all got together and we said, there's a problem occurring, so let's sit down together and use our powers of visualization to raise the standards of this problem. Let's raise it up to its highest outcome. If we could do that for each other, never does a problem. If the world could handle problems in this way, you'd be watching miracles occur every single minute, all the time. Source says, only then can you really be called a true creator. Only then, when you're willing to uphold the highest standards for everything, even for the road, for the dirt, for the stone, and certainly for the dirt. It's saying especially for the dirt, because without the highest standard in the dirt, you don't have the highest standard of food. You don't have the highest standard for your plant life and the things to give us oxygen and nourishment. So instead of us using our wonderfully powerful imaginations to envision everything that we think is wrong, instead start to use it to envision what you want instead. And you just concentrate and you visualize and you put in every detail that you possibly can. Because the ethers obey. The ethers obey. They don't have power over you. They okay your image. They start rearranging themselves. All the particles rearrange themselves in all the ways immediately to outpicture in this reality what you are seeing in your mind's eye. It is magic. Source is magic. Creation is easy because it is source's magic and you've got that ability in your own mind. I always wanted to buy one of those magic lamps. You know the ones like the genie in the bottle? They are symbolic of magic. I really should buy one as a symbol of our ability to be magical. What is the genie? It's your magic. Your imagination is your genie. Source is reminding me to tell you about a lady that I did a reading for today. She had some degeneration in her spine. And so the older she gets, the more her spine curves. So now she's slouching. The advice was that we have 33 vertebrae. So you start by imagining yourself standing behind yourself, looking at the lower spine, putting it in your mind, it's divine perfection. You then take your index fingers and you imagine that you're putting your fingers on the ends of each vertebrae. You become aware of each vertebrae as you move up to vertebrae two and so on. And as you're doing that, 
All of a sudden, you're aware of the spongy part between the bones. You know the part that keeps it flexible. You go to vertebrae 3 and all the way up your spine to all the 33 bones. Source said to keep up this momentum and that if she did that, if she consciously and deliberately paid attention to those vertebrae and acknowledged them, that her spine would straighten up. It's interesting that 33 is a master number. It's a Christ number which implies that there are keys that are locked in the vertebrae that lead to Christ consciousness. You don't need to have curvature of the spine to do this. Just imagine that you're behind yourself and you're touching with your own fingers the edges of your vertebrae all the way up your spine. You'd heal your back, your neck, etc. Who knows what else would happen? Because I got the feeling that it would be quite a spiritual experience. I've been asked, can you do this with just a picture of someone else's back? You really want to work on your own back, not a picture of someone else's. You can make it an energetic connection, of course, using your own spine, so you can just imagine that your spine is theirs. But there's also something important about when you touch another person. Sometimes a thought is not enough, and it needs the physical touch to ground it into this reality. It's that you're doing something with the positive and negative energies when you take your index finger to complete a circuit. You're using both sides of your body to touch the ends of those vertebrae as you go spine. I do think there's an electrical process that's going on. I was telling her and listening to my own advice too because I could sure use it today with my own back. I saw my lower back where it hurts. It's almost as if I can even see that they were fading. You know, the vertebrae looks like they were becoming really faded and I saw how weak they were. This won't change the world, but it will change us one by one. What would happen if you would start to see miracles happen in your own vicinity? So you would still cause miracles, but you will not cause the whole world to change right away. You certainly can cause miracles in your own sphere and amongst your own people or whoever was involved. And then ultimately, you know that does affect the world because it goes out into the collective consciousness. Source says that the problem is that everyone's got to understand their mastership. And your mastership is really to understand what love is and that you are loved and all of what that means. That's really what's needed across the board. People just don't believe it. They don't believe in the love in the way that I've seen it. They don't believe what they deserve. They don't believe that they deserve high standards, that impeccable character. It's the reason, actually, why you hear stories of awe from the people who lived in Jesus' time. He inspired people because he was just such a fine, upstanding character. The same thing is true of anybody who we admire. You know, greatness achieves greatness. We look up to those that have a fine character because they're upholding the highest standards. They know they are loved and they are the living truth. So we all need to up our standards. Unfortunately, this is the exception rather than the rule that people hold themselves to such high standards. It's something that we need to really aspire to and realize in our lives. You can cause so many miracles amongst yourselves. Absolutely anything is possible to you. So let's pause there and just have a look 
at what really is going on here. What it is, it's, it's a reminder to all of us to get back into that sense of self, that power that is inside of us, and to know that love overcomes everything and that we should not be accepting the lesser for ourselves. And by way of a little bit of a summary here, I've said that your images have power to use them wisely. I've said that the power of imagination is in the sixth chakra. It's no accident that imagination is not in the lower realms. Imagination is in the pituitary gland and secretes the growth hormone. Imagination is responsible for creation. Imagination is a responsible occupation. All it takes is to use our imagination to visualize the highest standards for us. Lack of imagination is why we don't see more miracles. To witness miracles, practice imagination. The ethers obey imagination. The ethers coagulate to create form after imagination. Using your powers of visualization is one of the greatest ways to create miracles. Ask, what would you envision for yourself if you knew only love? So, let us remind our listeners that you're listening to Ahanu and Angel Rose on the Honest to God series radio every Saturday, 9 a.m., 8 a.m. Pacific time, 9 a.m. Mountain time, 10 a.m. Central, 11 Eastern, and for our friends in Ireland, the UK, and some parts of Europe, it's 4 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. To call in, the call-in number is 805-292-0349. Well, thank you, Ohana. You, you can see that he is animated reading this transcript from the other night. Um, it really blew him away, some of the information and the the ideas that Source is presenting. And really, it was not, it was definitely not a negative lecture. It was a lecture supporting the fact that we need to create a new world. We do need to be using our powers of visualization to create a paradise here because that actually is the goal of all planetary systems, that they become eternal life planets. And it was really saying that, you know, we, we oftentimes do go around and are not conscious of what we're visualizing or we'll, we're still looking at what's wrong and what bad could happen. So I hear a lot of that actually, and certainly so many people are down and out right now. And and I would even admit, too, it's it's not like everybody wakes up every day and feels great. I mean, there's days we wake up and we feel depressed. In fact, you alone, Ahanu, the other day said you woke up feeling very depressed and didn't know why. And that's happening a lot with people. They're expressing a sense of impending doom. They're uh, expressing that they're anxious. And then things will flip around and they'll feel exactly the opposite and feel great and expect something really positive. Both these things are going on right now in our world, but, you know, when I saw that whirlpool, it was a bit of a shock to me. Source was basically saying we're not paying attention and that we need to uh, spend time every day 
using our creative powers uh, in our imaginations to be envisioning a paradise world. And when it talks about the higher standards and, and equating that with love, it's not just talking about material things. It's basically saying that if we really understood love, we would know that only the highest and the best was what was in store for us, what we could expect, what we should expect. And a lot of times, too, when there are people who seem to receive more than we do, we'll often wonder, we think that they're lucky or that they were special in some way, when the truth is, is a lot of those people just expect to be given certain things. They expect certain things. So when Source is talking to us about a higher standard, it's basically saying raise up your concept of yourself into a greater degree of mastery and deserving because this is what is needed for all of us to create miracles on this planet. So here comes the question. Let's say there's a group of us trying to help somebody who has a problem. We're working together and we're going to hold the highest standard for them. We're going to uphold their highest victory. But then I can hear the question coming to say, what if that person has a lesson to learn? Aren't we interfering with their soul journey? Well, what I'm hearing Source say is that it's not a fear of holding their highest standard. Somebody achieving the realization of just awakening them to show them how much they matter, you awaken the fact that they are loved. And all of a sudden they get it. I'm loved. For them to know the highest degree of love and experience that, the more harmless they become. They don't get arrogant. They get harmless. They become the finer character. They have the opportunity to make a greater contribution to the world and you help them to wake up to that realization. So where is the lesson in all of this? There is no lesson about denying somebody the opportunity for love. You won't deny somebody the image of their highest standard because they may be behaving badly and you say, well, they've got to learn a lesson. That's not it. What they don't understand just like we don't understand, is they don't know how to uphold themselves up to the highest standard of love. They don't know what that is, and they haven't believed that they're loved. When that light bulb goes off, now all of a sudden you know you've got another awake creator on this planet that's now functioning from a loving space. This changes everything. It's similar to when people have a near-death experience and they go back to the light. They feel the love of God. They feel it. They understand it completely, how much they are loved. And they come back here, and all of a sudden, everything looks alive to them. It happened to my dad. He came back, and all the colors were brighter. Every blade of grass had light in it that he never saw before. That's accepting the highest standard. That's an awakening. It happened to a guy that we know that had a car accident, and there he was standing on the hood of his crashed car, covered in blood, and not knowing whether he was going to live or die. All of a sudden, he looks up and he sees the moon, and he gets it. He gets it that the moon is alive, and I'm still alive. I'm going to make every part of my life be alive as much as I possibly can. This is what we're talking about. We actually do each other a huge disservice by not upholding these higher standards for each other. It's because we don't love ourselves. We don't love ourselves enough, so it's obvious we don't understand love. 
Would you rather have a miracle than a thing? A miracle being understood as something that comes into play, that changes all the rules, that totally transforms something from what it was before to something new, something that heals, that demonstrates the highest degree of love and forgiveness in the moment. Where people fall down is, not only do they not understand love, but also they don't want the responsibility that goes along with it. We've got a bad view of responsibility. We associate the word with burden, but it isn't a burden. That kind of responsibility is not a burden when you understand it. In the light of what we're talking about, that responsibility becomes the joy of your life. We're talking about upholding the highest standards in life and love so you live fully, live awake, aware, and conscious. The first thing I hear God saying is, we have to make a decision to want to know what love is. We have to want to know. It's a risk. Even the question is a risk for people who've been downtrodden and heartbroken. That's why it has to be the first decision. Do I want to know what love is? And then part two, to a lesser degree, is do I believe I can know it? It's not something you can do yourself. You have to ask God. You've got to ask God or whoever you perceive is higher than you, whether it's Buddha or Jesus or Allah or whoever. It doesn't matter. Remember that your first question, am I willing to know love, will be answered immediately in whatever way that you can know it. Maybe for you, you might just feel more positive the next day or it could be any little thing, but it would be unique to you. Basically, Source says, it's not only people who have been through a lot of pain. It's just about everybody. Even people that can say that they've had a good life, those that have had no huge illnesses or catastrophes or no major traumas, they don't know either. For those where everything seems to be good, even those people don't know what real love is. As a conscious creator, and as a conscious creative life force, we've all been given a really good opportunity to know love. But we've all been given a really good snow job too. Do you remember that song, I want to know what love is? I want you to show me. People really have to be in a place where they mean that with all their heart. I want to know what love is. Say out loud, I'm willing to surrender everything else that I want you to show me. It's a risk, you know. But Source is saying to me that those who are really willing to take the risk will find out what love is. You must have complete faith, but you don't have to love unconditionally right now. You just have to be willing to learn what it is and be taught and everybody will get it in the way that they can receive it. So here we are at a halfway moment and we want to take a short little break. But let us remind you that we are sponsored this week by Diamond Sun Hosting, consciously hosting your spiritual websites since 1993. Go to com. That's all one word, diamondsunhosting.com. And if you want to sponsor an episode or the full Honest to God series, contact us at angelrose at angelrose.com. That's A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E dot com. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. 
This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. The Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Welcome back, everybody, to the second half of the show. And this is unusual that we would be uh, reading a transcript of a group session for you guys. But Ahanu felt it was so important to read this to everybody so that perhaps, perhaps the light would come on inside you and you would get a glimpse of how much you're loved and that you're only loved and there's nothing else going on as far as source is concerned. And it is true that if we were living out of that awareness, we would be doing and accomplishing much greater things because we would get it. We would totally get it that this is what we should be doing. So when we talk about creating out of a sense of love, source's intention for us is not sorrow and not suffering and not mediocrity. It wants us to have the highest and best of everything and to be able to continually express our creative potential out there into the world in all its magnificence. And what that really means is that there is no limitation to what you can imagine and experience for yourself. And I'm living proof because I do manifest quite a bit uh, consciously and I it does require that I sit down and take the time to take stock of my desires, of my highest uh, victories that I wish for people, that I intend for people. And even more so now, since I've uh, had so many more readings since the Coast to Coast show, I've had the wonderful opportunity to speak to so many people and hear their stories and hear about the troubles in their lives. And I do come away from there uh, sending them all as many blessings as possible that they would too understand that they're loved and that we definitely do not have to live or accept less than the highest of everything. And I do mean everything, everything, everything. All right, so Han was back and he would like to continue reading this transcript and um as you see, he's getting quite animated at certain parts. He reminds me, you know, since he did get ordained as a preacher last year, that he's taking full advantage of that as he's reading this. So I, I just think he's adorable. Maybe we should mention that to people that we are both Alliance of Divine Love Ministers, and that's a wonderful privilege it really is. Now, I'd like to just use this opportunity to mentioned to people that what we're hearing today is typical of the group Akashic Record sessions that we do every week. And Gail Rose goes into the records and accesses this knowledge and this information and puts it out there and presents it for people. And that is in fact what her first book, A Time of Change, is all about. And if you want to get hold of that book, just go to atimeofchange.info. That's all one word, atimeofchange.info. Or just search for it on Amazon under her name, Angel Rose, A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E. Now, as we mentioned before, Source's intention 
is the highest excellence of every single creation. It wants nothing less because that's pure joy. You realize it within yourself as this is happening. That's self-realization. It brings you to the highest standards that you can accept for yourself. And the higher, the more love that you can accept for yourself. It follows then the more accomplishment you shall have that will be a complement to your life. Then the more accomplishments you have, the increase in the standard, and so on and so on it goes. Because we're all at such different levels of the awareness of love, it's the reason why we need to contribute love to somebody else. If we start to realize that ourselves, and we know that we have that creative ability, then we offer it to somebody who doesn't have a clue. We offer it just to raise them up. We keep offering those gifts amongst ourselves until everybody is free, until everybody starts to get it that they're loved. That's why it's a responsibility to us and to everybody else. It's good to remember that Reiki principle that says, just for today, say it out loud, just for today, I will uphold the highest standards that I can envision in my mind. Look around your apartment or your home and just for today, envision the highest of everything that you see around you. You may find that you just start to behave differently towards those things and then behave differently towards people. Just for today, I will water those plants that I walked by yesterday. Just for today, I will make sure the food in my fridge is covered. Just for today, I'm going to honor whatever I need. It could be any thought that comes into your mind. But a good one is, just for today, I'm going to cause a miracle for this person. That way, when you say just for today, you won't overwhelm yourself. You won't overwhelm yourself with thinking that this is too big to do. Just for today. Just for today, ask Source to show you more of what love really means. Just for today. It understands this whole responsibility problem that we all have. Not only do we not love ourselves, we don't even know what it is. We're terrified of failing at it. It seems that the bigger the creative abilities that you become aware of equals more responsibility. To think that you really have those abilities is when everybody goes, ah, what if I can't handle it? What if I fall down and it becomes too big for me? That's why Source says it's all actually joy. But if you don't interpret it that way, you can say, I can only handle it just for today. So do what you have to do, but just begin in any way you can. Just begin and just do whatever you can do in whatever way you can do it. If you want to, of course. It was A Course in Miracles that said, you just need a little willingness. We have an unlimited number of opportunities for love. We do have all of creation to succeed. We have an unlimited number of selves. Life is like a starburst. You are a big explosion of light that is in all of the cells of your body and in everything. You are coming off of the original light and it's just part of the nature of creation to create more of itself. We are as gods and everything creates more of itself. It's everywhere. You are everywhere. Now, this sounds confusing, but when you realize that you are everything, you create new selves, and every new realization creates a new self that reflects that realization. It's like a starburst, explosions coming from your heart with every realization. 
realizations are alive and are creative in and among themselves. Realizations are like balls of light going off that create new realities and form new awarenesses. Actually, the reason why you can receive a new realization is because really everything that is everything and is possible is already out there. So you always receive it when you're ready. So when you do receive it, you get a piece of God's knowledge or an awareness of a piece of God's knowledge. It's then that a light bulb goes off in your consciousness. That's it. A new star goes out and everybody gets a piece of it and gets affected by it. This is what creates more selves of you. There are conscious selves of you everywhere. You could say that the you sitting here is the consciousness self and you've got many, many more available to you. Interestingly, when somebody uses their power for negativity, it creates entities. This is very different and has a whole different feel to it than love. I saw that negativity creates little beings that actually look like gremlins instead of the huge burst of love energy from your heart that's created by the light beings that come from positive creation. Love creates life force energy and the other one creates a dead version of it. Even though the entities have a certain life force of their own, it's minuscule compared to what happens when you get a God realization. This is the reason why so many entities attach to people. They're trying to stay alive and they're using their life force energy to do it so, they attach, so that they can take life force energy from you. Entities need to attach to something that has life force energy in order to stay alive. The life force energy of a loving being transforms everything in its radiance. It's the reason why if you're really close to a really high being who's filled with love, its aura alone will heal you. It's emitting creative life force energy from itself what will heal you. An entity that's attached would simply disintegrate. They would probably be transformed into molecules of light again. They go back to prana because their particular being was never composed of love in the first place. Anything composed of negativity would dissolve back into light. You must offer the person love. When somebody has an entity, the person themselves has to want to know what love is in order to remove the entity. It's a love thing. There's a symbiotic relationship going on. There's a commonality in that somebody who has an entity, it's because that entity is matching a particular part of the negativity of that person. That person would have to just want to surrender completely to love and succeed in the asking for help from God. It's not always but usually very possible that the entity will be transformed in the process. You see, everything is individual and has its own journey once created. Here's another way to look at it. Source says that when you really understand love, you understand that everything is you and you are everything. That means that even that entity that was created out of a negative thought could be part of you as well but it's how you handle it that decides the outcome. Do you just bring in more love? Do you bring in the awareness that everything is love and that even the entity is loved? Or do you try to banish it and run from it in fear? And a lot of times the thought of pure love can be enough to transform it. It can be enough for it to leave you. I can use my son-in-law as an example. He's a desert storm veteran and was addicted to prescription drugs. 
I believed his condition had attracted entities that further weakened his resolve to overcome his difficulties. His attitude and behavior towards my daughter can at times be, let's say, unwelcome. We made a decision to bless him instead of reject him for his behavior. We choose to uphold his victory and to hold him in the highest degree of love. Then I had a dream that told me to keep seeing a green light around him, and I did this every night. And then I had another dream where he came to me and he said, don't send me so much love, I can't handle it. He could only take what he could take, but still it was offered to him for whenever he's ready. He smiled when he said that. It was kind of like, I can't love myself that much. So people can only absorb so much, and some cannot handle that much right now. Does consciousness make body? The answer is yes. And it decides it before incarnation. The logical next question then is, why do we need to incarnate at all? Further, if consciousness makes a body, why then do two parents have to come together? Well, that's a good question. I'm seeing it like a reenactment. In other words, if you think of the different levels that are involved, and if you are in spirit and you're making a decision to come into a body, then it's your consciousness that's making the decision. But so also are all the other players involved. This is necessary for it to replicate itself symbolically in the physical world. It's the form of a human that it takes. But is that necessary? I don't believe it. it's actually necessary to do that. I just think that we think it is. This is interesting because as long as we identify reality in symbols, we will need symbolic reflections of concepts. So here's creation on the level of the spirit or the mind, where all it needs is a deliberate thought or intention to begin to have materialization occur. That's direct creation, the thought and the thing happening at the same time. As long as we believe that we're living through symbols, we will always need a symbolic representation at every density level that reflects the density level above. A truth is, that cause and effect occur at the same moment. But what's happening in our false perception is that people can still be at the level of a perceived idea of a reality. So they'll create the need for a symbol to represent a higher concept for them. In this way, the sex act and the conception act and the birth act in the physical world is the symbolic representation of the intention of a soul to create a body. Now, if that wasn't there, if they didn't have the perceived idea that somewhere in their consciousness about reality, then the thought would manifest the body instantaneously. This is actually the reason why avatars can do what they do. It's why they can materialize and dematerialize at will. It's because they have no separation in their consciousness between cause and effect. They know the thought is the thing and that there is no division. There are no perceptual filters in the way. The thought is the thing, and they manifest instantaneously. But because we have perceptual filters, then there's this time delay in terms of the levels where it seems to take time to appear or it's got to take time to coalesce into form. The form is really the symbolic representation of something that's happening on another level. So you see somebody who is masterful can manifest without time the likes of St. Germain was famous for materializing things out of thin air. So was Sai Baba. They don't have the perceptual filters with dimensions like we have. 
So the manifestation happens for them instantaneously. It's our perceptions that actually make us have to create a concept that represents a higher principle at different dimensional levels. We can decide to have a body just for fun, but you could decide not to just as easily. Sometimes a masterful being decides that they want to do something amongst us in this reality, so they'd materialize a body just for that purpose because they know the normal person wouldn't see them if they came in a spirit form. So they materialize one for that reason, and then they dematerialize it when they're finished. There is no separation there between the intention and the event. There's just all one action. This is the reason why our perceptual filters are our own enslavement. We can only demonstrate experiences as much as we allow with our own perceptions. So going back to the love question, it's the reason why Source says you just need a little willingness. Source says you just need to ask me. I understand that you don't know what it is. It's something you have not had experience or known in this reality. So what you say in response is, I will remove my perceptual blocks just a moment for you to come in and show me what love really means. And when it starts to do, when those higher thoughts come in, they shift your perceptual filters. They shift the way you look at things so you can embrace more knowledge. Guilt tells us we are not worth it, that we are not valuable. When we are guilty, we restrict our ability to manifest. So when we talk about imagination, is it the same thing as dreaming? Why do we need to dream? Well, it's a way to resolve conflicts. It's a way to relieve stress. And interestingly, Source wants to bring in the point about dreams, that dreams are actually imagery. Dreams are proof that the way that consciousness works is that it makes images. So it's proving the power of image making. We all know that dreams can totally change body chemistry. Dreams can change your stress levels. Just like when you have a nightmare, for example, your whole body is goose flesh or sweating all over. Even though you're sleeping, your whole body is reacting to the imagery in our dreams. Our dreams are a way to process our multidimensional selves. There are dreams that process out the daily events. There are dreams where we get out of our bodies so that we can travel to other places and do other things that we believe we can't do with our bodies. So we will use dreams as long as integration processes are needed that don't happen while we're awake. As long as we believe that we can't get out of our bodies, as long as we believe we can't dematerialize our bodies, then we will use dreams to do that sort of thing. It's just another way to accomplish a function. It's not the only way to achieve this, but that's really what dreams are. We also have premonition dreams, but really what those are is traveling in time to a future event in any multitude of probable timelines when you're sleeping, experiencing it and then bringing it back to memory in this reality. Then, of course, there's other levels of dreams where people start lucid dreaming and they consciously make themselves awake in a dream so that they can control the dreamscape. So you can see there are lots of functions of dreams. But when you're at the point where you know that you're a conscious creator and that cause and effect occur at the same moment for you, 
then you will not dream. You'll have no need to dream. You become a conscious creator, like what we've been talking about earlier. When you understand that you have no perceptual filters and you understand cause and effect happens in the same moment in your reality, then you won't need to dream. You will be conscious all the time. And you can go into a different dimensional space as it pleases you. You can go into various dimensional spaces in one dream. It doesn't mean you always do, but you can. I think it happens quite often, actually, now that I'm looking at it. So most dreams are a way to do a function that you perceive you can't do consciously. This is what most dreams are. By contrast, quantum jumping, for example, is where you can consciously jump into another dimension to meet another self of you, so there's no dreaming involved. Now I know a question will arise, do we go into different realities when we die? As we are no longer in the third dimension, then yes. And the opposite is true also. When we're born, we move from a spirit reality to a physical one. Can we cross from one dimension to another through a wormhole? Yes. And we can pass through where ley lines cross too. In certain cases, where intersecting points of particular ley lines cross, they can create a dimensional shift access point. However, there's no way you actually can control access from those points, whereas you can with practice, with lucid dreaming. When you really practice waking yourself up while you're in a dream and you fully realize that you're in a dream, then you can consciously control the outcome of the dream. So there's a whole science that's worth investigating around that only because you don't know that you can control it and you believe that it controls you. Sometimes in a dream you may find that you're running slow, for example. In lucid dreaming, you would catch yourself going slow and you'd make a different choice in the dream and therefore would have a different outcome. People do use lucid dreaming to create or manifest things in this dimension too. You can practice it and there are lots of books out there that will teach you. You can also make decisions before you go to bed at night in order to wake yourself up in your dreams and realize that you're dreaming. When you realize you're dreaming, you realize that you're in control of the dream and you can manifest whatever outcome you want. This is the same for our waking lives. We did a whole thing on dreams when we were in Ireland a couple of years ago and it was pretty mind-blowing. I remember before we began thinking there wasn't enough to cover and we worried whether we'd have enough material for the session. Well, we were in for a surprise. There was a lot more to dreams than we first thought. It was an incredible night, and the material from that will be available on our website at angelrose.com. Now, raising the standard of consciousness. Let's do a little recap here for the benefit of our listeners. There is a tumultuous earth change event coming. There's a breakdown of systems in the Vatican, this being the beginning of the collapse of other systems around the world. Collapses are drastic for many people because they feel disorientated, changing their perception of the world forever. We are still not taking responsibility for our consciousness in this world. People thrive on catastrophe, showing where the collective consciousness is. Corruption is not as strong as before, and many are already feeling this weakening. As the old structures collapse, 
many will ask to reconnect to God's source. As the old structures collapse, it is an opportunity for negative entities to implant themselves into uncertainty. We have incredible faculties of vision and imagination, and yet we act powerlessly and heartlessly as we watch systems collapse around us. There is a sorrow around change only because our identity is tied to old paradigms. Many will grieve the old ways because there was no perceived need to be responsible for our own creations. Every one of us is God incarnate and it's time to step up and act like it. It's time to stop thinking of ourselves as small, powerless and inept. The quality of our lives is a reflection of our own consciousness. Remember, we can always create new solutions. Ask yourself, if you were going to create a new world, what would you have it do or say or look like? Your images have power. Use them wisely. The power of imagination is in the sixth chakra. It's no accident that imagination is not in the lower realms. Imagination is in the pituitary gland and secretes a growth hormone. Imagination is responsible for creation. Imagination is a responsible occupation. The more love you have for yourself, the more you contribute to the world. The more you love yourself, the more you express the highest standards. Not having high standards for yourself contributes to lower standards in the world. What's going on with the world now is because we are not upholding the highest standards for ourselves. If you understood the God creativity inside you, you would start to know what love is. Love never accepts mediocrity, illness or death. Love upholds only the highest intentions and the highest standards. Loving ourselves is the beginning of raising the consciousness of the world. As you become more holy in your love, the more the world becomes holy for everybody. The reason we are enslaved is because we do not love ourselves. Our quality of life is demeaning to us all. All it takes is to use our imagination to visualize a higher standard. Ask what you would envision for yourself if you knew only love. Authorities have us be valueless. Lack of imagination is why we don't see more miracles. To witness miracles, practice imagination. Using your powers of visualization is one of the greatest ways to create miracles. Without the highest standards for everything, even the dirt, 
we fall short in our potential. The ethers obey imagination. The ethers coagulate to create form after imagination. Creation is natural to one in love. Number 33 is a master number and the number of Christ consciousness. The 33 vertebrae in the body point to our Christ consciousness potential. The impeccable standards of Jesus are an example to us all. Knowing you are loved increases love. Holding the highest standard together in a group increases love exponentially. The more you love, the greater your contribution to the world. Awakening to loving yourself fully awakens another conscious creator in the world. We do others a huge disservice by not loving ourselves. Source asks, wouldn't you rather have a miracle than a lesson? A miracle transforms, heals and demonstrates love in the moment. Many do not want the burden of responsibility of upholding the highest standards in the world. We must make the decision to know love and to uphold it. We must ask a higher power to show us love before we can know it. We must be willing to surrender all other perceptions of love to know real love. We just need a little willingness. Everybody gets love in whatever way that they can receive it. Source wants nothing less than impeccable joy. Offer love to others until everyone is free. Use the Reiki principle just for today to help you to begin to uphold the highest standards. Love understands our problems and our fears of failure. To begin to love, just begin. We have unlimited numbers of selves. Selves are like a starburst of light bodies, creating more as they expand. Every new self creates new realizations. Every new realization creates new selves. The reason you can receive realizations is that everybody gets a piece of every new starburst of creation. When somebody uses their power for negativity, it creates entities. Pure love disintegrates entities in the prana. Love creates eternal life. Negativity creates finite life. People have possessions because entities must attach to life force energy to stay alive. The life force energy of a loving being transforms negativity. 
offering love to one who is possessed will not remove entities if they are not willing to choose love themselves. Understanding love understands entities as a part of us that needs love. Say out loud, I want to know what love is. Consciousness makes the body and decides it before incarnation. As long as we identify reality in symbols, we will need a symbolic representation of reality that reflects the one above. Cause and effect occur in the same moment. The sex act is a symbolic representation of the soul's intention to create a body. Avatars can materialize and dematerialize at will. Avatars know that love is the creator, not a symbolic representation or perceptual filter. There is no separation between intention and its outcome. Dreaming helps us to remove stress. Dreams are image-making. Dreams are proof that consciousness creates realities. Dreams permit us to leave our bodies and live more fully. As long as we believe we can't dematerialize our bodies, we will need to dream. When you become a conscious creator, you will have no further need to dream. We can go into different dimensional spaces when we dream. We can go into different dimensional spaces when we die. We can go into different dimensional spaces when we're born. We can go into a different dimensional space through wormholes and portals. Consciously controlling the outcome of the dream helps us integrate different realities. Lucid dreaming uses imagination to create its outcomes. Well, Hannah, that was a huge, huge mouthful, Hannah, and a lot of food for thought in there. And I hope everyone can absorb some things in there and take them on board and that they're helpful to them because that certainly is the intention. And good reminders for us as well, for everybody concerned. So what do you have to say about all that, Hannah? Well, as you know, I am in all of the amazing intensity, accuracy, and timeliness of that discourse. And it's important for us to get it out to the world, and this is exactly what we're doing. It will be available to people as an archive on the podcast section of our website, so people can actually listen back to it if you like. Uh, We will make portions of it too available as an e-book or a download or you'll be able to listen to the archive at any point in time as I said. I do have a number of little announcements to make before we close. The first one is that the 8 Steps to Freedom is available at 8stepstofreedom.com That's all hyphenated and has a number 8. 8-steps-2-freedom.com And Gail Rose's book A Time of Change always available at atimeofchange.info but also if you can search for it on Amazon 
or Smashwords or the Nook or any of those electronic formats. So also will her new book be available, but you can pre-order it now. It's called The Nature of Reality, and you can pre-order it from thenatureofreality.info. Thenatureofreality.info, all one word. Remember our group, Akashic Records, Every Wednesday evening in San Diego, you can find information about that at meetup.com and just search for Akashic Records Group. And look online at angelrose.com to find the information about our forthcoming online groups because you will hear and participate in the same kind of knowledge and profound information that you just heard today. Our Mystical and Sacred Sites Tour of Ireland is going ahead too. You can find out information about that at mysticalireland.holistic.ie. That's mysticalireland, all one word, dot holistic, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C, dot I-E. If you're interested in traveling with us to the Sacred Sites of Ireland, please sign up there. Now, we're also on iTunes. In fact, this program will be available on iTunes. Just search for Angel Rose. It's free. Uh, Angel Rose is spelled A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E. If you want to listen back also to the archive of Angel Rose's discussion with George Nuri about the Akashic Records on Coast to Coast AM radio, just go to angelrose.com forward slash podcasts and scroll down through the podcast there and you'll actually see the show that you can listen to. Uh, opt in also to our mailing list at angelrose.com and you will get some free ebooks. You will get the Akashic Records summary transcripts that we call the Profundities. And you will get some free pictures also by Ahanu if you want. That's me. And you can also sign up separately, of course, on ahanu.com, A H O N U.com, and see the amazing artwork that's available to you there. So we want to thank you so much. We send you our love, our blessings. We thank you for listening to Ahanu and Angel Rose on the Honest to God series. And we look forward so much to speaking to you next week. Blessings. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. The Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu.